Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best of the West. My name is Jake Brown, and we're going to talk about some NFC West news and updates from the Seahawks, Rams, 49ers, and Cardinals. But we want to start off this uh, show today by acknowledging uh, the death of the tragic death of former Ohio State quarterback turned Washington and Steelers quarterback. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he died this morning after being hit by a car, according to Adam Schefter in uh, South Florida, where he was training with some of his teammates. And our condolences go out to his family, his friends, and especially his teammates in Washington, uh, Pittsburgh, and Ohio State. But with that being said, let's talk about some NFC. West news uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, there's been some trade talk around uh, wide receiver DK Metcalf, especially after uh, letting go of Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson being traded. Uh, DK Metcalf is now presumably on the block, according to outlets like NFL Network and PFF. Mm -hmm. uh, DK says that he hasn't heard anything about a trade. Uh, but the Jets reportedly offered a 10th round pick or not 10th round, but a 10th overall pick for him. Uh, do you think DK is worth that? And do you think that he will end up being traded this offseason? Um, I don't think he'll be traded at all. I think he's uh, he's either the first or second starter on Seattle now because they've released the players that you've mentioned. Uh, Quandre is obviously number one and DK is two, in my opinion. And honestly, I would not take I would not take this uh, Jets offer is because you're this getting a pick back for what you got for Jamal Adams, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, because it literally is a pick that they gave up for Jamal yeah, Adams. Exactly. And um, it would make the Jamal Adams trade not worth it is because, you know, Jamal Adams, you know, he's a talented player, but he's not like an all star, you know. So, and I mean, he literally was a pro bowler, not yeah. last year, but the year before. Yeah, exactly. But like, I think pro bowl is kind of like fan fan votes. Well, like all pro is like the real deal. And that's comes from the NFL committee. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, you, you could have selected Kyle Hamilton uh, in this year's draft from Notre Dame, the safety, you know? Um, so I, I would not do this. Absolutely not. There is a trade proposal by NFL Network where they do like mock mm -hmm. uh, trades and stuff. And one of them was DK Metcalf to the Jets for a fourth overall pick. So the Seahawks would get number four and number nine in this uh, year's first uh, year player draft. Uh, would you accept that trade? I don't, I don't think so. Like, I know it's the fourth pick overall. But, you know, like this, like the top five picks are all like line and defensive. But the Seahawks need a line, though. They need an off or offensive line. They but, could use an Evan Neal. Yeah, ex exactly. But like, you know, the top top four projected picks are not O-line. They're D-line instead. Mm -hmm. That, that kind of that kind of questions me saying like, you know, you can go with anyone with the fourth overall pick. But like, still, it's like you kind of want to get what like what's the best available at the fourth of world pick. 
not exactly not what like not what you need per se even though i think teams should consider that more instead of saying oh you know like he's the fourth best player in this draft i'm going to select him yeah like it wouldn't make sense for the seahawks to draft someone like Aiden hutchinson who obviously won't fall to four unless something catastrophic happens yeah uh but that's just a hypothetical but I think number nine coming into this season is perfect for the Seahawks right oh, now. They can go with someone like Malik Willis, or they can go with an offensive lineman. Uh, they, there's some, or a cornerback. There's so many things they can do at number nine. Yeah. And uh, they don't need a tent for that. And they desperately need DK Metcalf oh, yeah, uh, in that wide receive tandem. Because if there is a wide receiver, I would trade. But this is like very, very, very yeah. like not uh, gonna happen. Is Tyler Lockett, but mm-hmm. he's kind of become the captain of that offense now. Oh, exactly. So uh, it wouldn't make sense for me to get rid of him. Yeah, and I think if they trade anyone else away, they're this like they're this like trying to rely on draft picks. Yeah. At that point, you know. And that's always a craft crapshoot. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, speaking of guys who were acquired, uh. The new acquisition of Noah Fant, the tight end. Uh, how does him, uh, Shelby Harris, and I can never say his yeah, name correctly. No, you're good. It's Uchenna Nwosu. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, how did they? Um, how does Noah Fant fit into this offense coming up, especially with the re-signing of Will Disley mm-hmm. and Shelby Harris and um, the other acquisition? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, add, we to the, yeah. add to the pass heavy uh blitz pass rush blitz heavy offense or defense rather yeah so like it, it's kind of it's kind of simple i think that that shelby harris and nuosu is obviously going to this get to the quarterback quicker is because you know they they never drop back they're just always going to rush the quarterback um and it's it's as simple as that and you know when fans watch seattle games you always notice that Seattle fans complain about not ha- like the quarterback not having time on the offense, mm-hmm. and the, and on on the defensive perspective uh, side, the quarter- quarterback having too much time, mm-hmm. and that's obviously a defensive scheme thing, and that's obviously the players that they currently have. Yes. So I think that these two players are very underrated, and I think it's and it's young talent too. So I think it's they're just going to get Harrison Iwarsa, mm-hmm. and the. They're just going to get to the quarterback quicker. Uh, means with Noah Fant, though, I think it's going to be a good acquisition. Um, I do not understand the signing Will Disley, but especially to three years, yeah, thirteen mil per year. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's definitely your that's, reach. That's starting tight end money. Yeah, but like I think that Noah Fant, you know, he's he's a fast tight end, and Seattle likes to go to their tight end a lot in the new looking offense with a. Uh, Who's the offense coordinator now? Uh, it is um, the former Rams guy, Shane. Yeah, Waldron. Shane Waldron. Yeah, I was about to say Stoudemire, and I'm like, no, he's not in uh, Seattle anymore. Yeah, but I, I feel like that the tight end is used so much in this new Seattle offense, so I think yeah. it's going to be a perfect pickup. And Clint Hurt, the new defensive uh, coordinator, wants to get to the quarterback quicker. Yeah. So these two acquisitions, like these two acquisitions, are perfect for Seattle right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Clint Hurt, Pete Carroll says that the NFL needs to look itself in the mirror and hire more coaches of color. Meanwhile, Deadspin says that Pete is being hypocritical because of his tendency to hire white coaches, except for uh, Ken Norton and Clint Hurt, of course, because they are not white. 
what do you think of Pete Carroll's uh, statement on this? And was was it necessary? And what do you think of Deadspin's article kind of arguably twisting his words? Well, I think it's just Pete Carroll being in the time that he is, you know, he like nothing against anyone, but you know, Pete Carroll, you know, he's, he's 70 years old and we go like 20 years back. And, you know, this was at the event of the Herm Edwards thing here at ASU, you know, there was not many black coaches like when he was like coaching so many years ago, you know, there's only a couple and I can only think of one black head coach right now. And that's Mike Tomlin in the NFL. Right. Yeah. And his assistant is now Brian Flores. Yeah, exactly. You know, so there's a who there's, should have a head coaching job. Exactly. I think, I think he's a perfect coach, but like, you know, it's like, I feel like. Lovey Smith for the Houston Texans. Yeah, exactly. But like, I don't want to sound bad or anything, but it's so like one sided to the other, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like exactly what Herm Edwards was saying at the event that I went to, he, he nailed the ball. He was like, you know what? Like we're trying to, you know, we're trying to make it more diverse. And they, like, they don't want to make the NFL bad either. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, exactly. Oh, Herm Edwards and his cabinet of coaches are no longer in the NFL. I yeah, think. but like, I mean. Like, like they're, they're, you can call them like, quote unquote, washed up coaches mm-hmm. from the NFL that have ended up here at ASU. Like him and Marvin Lewis. And, oh, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's somebody else who they signed in the past couple of years who I'm yeah. blanking. Yeah, but I, I do I, I do like Pete Carroll's statement because, you know, everyone needs an opportunity to be in, in like, not in the NFL per se, but, like, there needs to be more diversity. Mm-hmm. All right, and moving on, we're going to talk about some 49ers news, starting off with Debo Samuel. Yeah, so uh, Debo Samuel, interesting, interestingly, uh, deletes everything 49ers on Instagram. And mind you, he has, like, a lot of posts. It's like, over a hundred and it's it was like 150 posts yeah and you know it's all fashion stuff you know it's Mm -hmm. not any football or most of some of it was football stuff but it was mostly like not football stuff anymore (laughs) yeah no but uh his contract is up after this year and so like is this like a negotiation tactic or like will the Niners trade him I don't think the Niners going to trade him uh, I think that this has become a new negotiation tactic. We've mm-hmm. seen this with Kyler Murray. He's still in uh, Arizona for now. Uh, Russell Wilson did something similar. He eventually got traded. So it's it's become a negotiation tactic oh, saying exactly. that, hey, if, I, if you aren't going to give me the money I deserve or you're not going to give me what I want, I'm just going to say – everything without saying every, without saying anything and exactly. that's how nfl players have used social media the best uh when it comes to negotiations recently and i really it's been really interesting seeing how uh social media has been used as a tool and more and less of a pastime yeah exactly and you know what was interesting is that what he said and i forgot the, who this was according to you know it's probably one of the like nfl reporters but they they did say that like Samuel wants quarterback money for what, what, like he's at. I said that yesterday when we were preparing for the show. No, but I, I know you did say that as well, but like, I mean, like I also saw a reporter that uh, said that as well. And it got me thinking a little bit, 
is he worth quarterback money or not exactly? Yeah. So while we were researching the show, I even mentioned to you that mm-hmm. um, he yeah. wanted uh, Stefan Diggs money. Yeah. Uh, especially because Debo Samuel, his argument is that, hey, I'm more of just a wide receiver. I can do, do running back. I can be a, I can protect the quarterback. I, I can do all these other things. I'm basically a utility player for football. But at the same time, he's only had one very, very, very good year. Oh, exactly. Like, but the other two years before that, it's just kind of been, yeah, he, he's been good, but he's not great. Exactly. Yesterday, he was, or not yesterday, last year, he was not just great, he was more than great. I would like to see another season of that before he gets quarterback money or Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs money, because Stephon Diggs has done it way longer than Debo oh, has. Exactly. And Debo has done, like, Debo can also say, like, oh, I'm doing it with a far less talented quarterback. But, you know, that's just, I'm just trying to see it from his point of view. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I think he does, he deserves a lot of money, but he doesn't deserve Stephon Diggs money. Because like he just said, you know, he, he had one good year and that's about it. Exactly. Everything. So, and I think it's just as simple as that. So now let's get into the, uh, uh, next 49ers topic, Frank Gore uh, retires as a 49er after 16 seasons, average 1,000 yards a season, which a 49ers running back hasn't done in a very long time. So, like, but the big question is, is he a slam dunk Hall of Famer, and should his number be retired? Oh, his number certainly should be retired. Oh, he is a – he tormented uh, – when I was growing up, he tormented the Seahawks mm-hmm. uh, whenever we, whenever they faced him. Uh, and averaging a thousand yards over 16 seasons mm-hmm. is insane. Oh, absolutely. Is insane. He is yeah. a slam dunk first ballot hall of famer. Was he ever the best running back in at his, was he ever the best his position at his time? You can argue. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, he was also at the same time. Adrian Peterson was a, yeah, I was just was a running that. back and Adrian Peterson had, historically good numbers while Frank Gore was putting up his numbers. So, I mean, you can argue that obviously argue that Peterson is the far better running back because he is, Mm -hmm. but Frank Gore was the more consistent running back. And he showed that over 16 seasons Mm -hmm. went to a Super Bowl with a very good 49ers team. Unfortunately lost to the Ravens, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, my city was happy about that but yeah but like you you couldn't compete against the Ravens at that time but that that was just an insane defense yeah but like I I do agree that he's a hall of famer as well do like I think like I don't think that he is a first ballot I think he like he just gets above like now you're good um he gets above like first ballot so he's like it's going to be like six seven years not mm-hmm. five um and i think he should i think the number should be retired and you mentioned this earlier adrian peterson like he had crazy years and everything but if he didn't exist we would be talking about frank gore more yeah and um he would be the best running back during that era yes yeah absolutely and then the last and, and moving uh-huh. on because we have oh, okay. a, we're about halfway through the show right now showtime um we we're going to move on to the arizona cardinals and we have to start off with uh former cardinals head coach 
uh, Steve Wilkes joining the lawsuit uh, initially filed by Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Wilkes alleges that he was used as a, quote, bridge quarterback for the Cardinals after being fired one year into his four-year contract. Uh, he went three and thirteen in 2016, and then was, uh, and then uh, where he was fired, and then they hired Cliff Kingsbury, and mm -hmm. the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Steve Wilkes uh, joining uh, Brian Flores in the lawsuit against the NFL? And do you think he has a leg to stand on? Uh, absolutely, I think he has a complete right to stand on this. Um, of course, like, you know, he's a coach of color. So um, it's, that's big too. And I don't, like, like, and this, like not taking this at a political standpoint, but taking this at a football standpoint, you can't just give a coach one year and say, you know, like, like, bye-bye, you know, we're going to hire someone else. Like, exactly. Know? And what Steve Wilkes has done as a, I think it's a defensive coordinator, like, and I forgot which teams I, I looked it up not too long ago. He's actually a great like assistant coach. So like, and the Cardinals in 2016, we remember we're really bad. We're really bad. I think they not not just like really bad on the on the field. They were really bad on paper. Yeah, exactly. They pretty much had Larry Fitzgerald, and that was it. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think like you just give Steve Wilkes a chance and everything because. He has talent. He proves it with, with the defense he's coached. But, like, I mean, a 3-13 and 13 season in 2016 and saying, ah, oh, you know, it's your fault. We're going to go hire someone else. It's just completely – it's completely unjust, you know. Yeah, and this is one year into a four-year contract. It wasn't like it was one year into a two-year contract, which yeah. I don't even think is a good amount of yeah. years for a head coach at all. But it's just, he was never, like, he even states in his lawsuit that he was never given a chance to prove himself in the, as a head coach. And now he can't get a head coach position because it's like, oh, he had a 3-13 and year at the Cardinals. Yeah, exactly. Moving on to the, uh, to some off-season uh, acquisition news, ASU legend cornerback Nikhil Harry is wide on, receiver. or wide receiver, I yeah, should say. Either. I, you know, I just think that, um, the Cardinals blaring uh, need is cornerback right now. Yeah. And I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> ASU legend wide receiver Nikhil Harry is on the block and one of his potential destinations is Arizona. What do you think a potential trade package for him would be? You know, I think, I don't know exactly what the Cardinals have per se, but I think you give a, like a player and two draft picks total because he's he's a talented receiver but not used right in new england mm -hmm. it's as simple as that yeah and you know we love Nikhil harry here because you know mm -hmm. he's former sun devil uh but i think that they need you know like i said their blaring need is cornerback but you know christian kirk's gone yeah uh aj green is most likely gone yeah and Rondell uh, Moore is and, your number two. And Rondell Moore is your number two. Now, does Rondell Moore have number two talent? No. No. He does not. But it, could he end up developing in that way? Who knows? The yeah. NFL is weird. I didn't know that Debo Samuel had number one talent. Yeah. Or to be talent as well, the running back and wide receivers. Yeah. So you never. Wide back. <laughs> uh, wide back, yes. Yeah, exactly. uh, I have no idea. 
NFL is weird. It's chaos. But I don't project Rondell Moore to be a number two. Uh, just like I don't see Christian Kirk as being a number one yeah. in Jacksonville and getting number one money as well. That's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on to uh, our final team, the Los Angeles Rams, kind of mixing in with the Seahawks, uh, mm-hmm. with their first couple of topics. Yeah, so uh, first topic out of the two is Bobby Wagner is upset about how things ended in Seattle as uh many players would be after the season they had and said that he can't wait to face the Seahawks twice a year. How should like, how should Seattle fans and Rams fans feel about this in general? I think if you're a Seattle fan and you hear the comments and his statements that he's posted on his social media, I would, I was very upset to hear uh, Bobby Wagner's side of the story Mm -hmm. because apparently Pete and John said that it was because Bobby Wagner represents himself that they just released him because he I didn't. think that's ridiculous. It, it's a ridiculous claim and the there's just been a pattern of Legion of Boom players who leave Seattle and have like the worst reputation after. No, not the worst reputation after, but they just leave on a bad taste. Like Earl oh. Thomas flips off Pete Carroll as he gets carted off the field. Mm-hmm. Richard Sherman had the exact same thing happen to him uh, as Bobby Wagner. He was just released because, oh, he's old and injured. Yeah, and exactly. then he had a couple good years in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cam Chancellor, he was failed. forced to retire because he failed a physical. Yeah, exactly. And now Bobby Wagner, who has – become the staple of that defense of the past five seasons or so is released because he represents himself. Yeah. Like he was at least worth a couple of draft picks if you trade him mm-hmm. and he doesn't have much left on his contract yeah, that exactly. he signed with Seattle. It didn't make sense. It shocked me when I saw that he got released. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I completely agree that I was shocked as well, but you know, I don't know the back ends of NFL teams or the offices, but, you know, just by looking at Bobby Wagner's game and his leadership, he does not seem self-oriented. No, not at all. Everything. And like, you know, it, you know, it gives a better perspective when you watch Mike Duff as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like, especially with Seattle, because they do every team now. Uh, they didn't used to do that, but they do every team now. And when Bobby Wagner was Mike Duff, they cared, they all cared for each other. And, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but like, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But like, going, there, there's a lot of camaraderie in that mm-hmm. locker room. Yeah. And going back to like the main topic of like, how, how should we as NFL fans be like, be about this? Like if I'm a Seahawks fan, even though I am, you um, are a Seahawks yeah, fan. <laughs> exactly. uh, I, I would be scared because he says he can't wait to face the Seahawks twice a year. And that's a sign that he's, like there for revenge and he's going to do whatever it takes to like blow out the Seattle offense and and use his energy to promote the Rams offense to like make them succeed more because he's that much of a leader and he's looking for his second Super Bowl oh yeah they're look the the Rams are looking to become like the next great like yeah 
team in the NFL that we haven't seen since Tom Brady was on the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I think it was I think it was 07 where they went undefeated and lost. Like, was it 07? I, I forgot what year it was, but they went undefeated. I think yeah, it was 07 because the Super Bowl was in 08. Yeah. So yeah, but and the year before was when Tom Brady got hurt. Oh yeah, that's unbelievable time. But um, the last topic we'll get into since we're running out of time here. With the signing of Bobby Wagner, you know, see how uh, the Rams topics are about Bobby Wagner. How does this affect second-year linebacker Ernest Jones, though? Uh, it kind of pushes Ernest Jones to the wayside because would you rather have a second-year linebacker had a good season mm-hmm. or arguably the best middle linebacker in football right now, like him and Fred Warner, like one, two, mm-hmm. and they're both in the same division. Yeah. Uh, I... You know, it, if you're Ernest Jones, like I'll feel great to learn under the leadership of Bobby Wagner, but it's just like I have nowhere, like he has nowhere else to play. Yeah, exactly. Like he'll he'll get some snaps. Like he'll probably get about a third of the snaps this season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, barring any injury, like if there is injury to um any any of the other linebackers who are in the starting lineup, I can't think of any of them right now. Mm-hmm. But if there are injuries to them then he's obviously fitting right in at that inside linebacker spot. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, of course, Bobby Wagner is going to take the spot because I like, I'm not being Seahawks biased, but he is the clear number one linebacker in the league. Um, And honestly, I think you can, you can include Ernest Jones in that defense. If you run a, if you run a dying defense, which is basically six defensive Mm -hmm. backs on the field. And then Mm -hmm. you got the two linebackers in the middle and those are usually two middles. So you can use him in that, but like, I mean, just the way the Rams run their defense, I don't think Ernest Jones is going to be used at all. And yeah. the last thing I'll say is that like, you know, since Bobby Wagner is considered a veteran and he has such great leadership. Ernest and Jones, in a first, in a potential first battle hall of fame. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Ernest Jones is going to learn so much. Is he going to become the next Bobby Wagner? Absolutely not. There's only one Bobby Wagner and one Bobby Wagner only. But, like, he is going to – Ernest Jones learning under Wagner is going to turn out to be a really talented – like, going to be really talented. Now, one thing before we sign off, does mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner get his jersey retired, uh, the number 54, uh, as Quandre Diggs says that Wagner should? Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. It, he deserves to be raising the 12th flag when he retires yeah, exactly. and be welcomed back to Seattle, just as every other Seahawks legend has, because mm-hmm. the fans, they don't get, they don't give up on their players. No, they don't. It, they, and they it does, follow them. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter if you're a Seahawks fan, a Patriots fan, a Washington fan, whatever, they don't give up on their players, mm-hmm. but it looks like the front office did. And it really hurts me to root for the Seahawks uh, every given Sunday. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's going to be it for us here at uh, Blaze Radio, blazeradioonline.com, and for uh, Best of the West on uh, Kenji Ito and Jake. I'm Jake Brown here with Kenji Ito, and we will see you uh, next week, same time, same place on Blaze Radio, on blazeradioonline.com. Hey, what are you doing?
That's not what I wanted to play. 